It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Block Talk Radio. Dribbling is a woman of many talents, but is probably best known for her television career on BET as host of Screen Scene, the network's premier entertainment news show. She spent four years hosting Screen Scene before becoming an integral part of launching BET Jazz. Angela is a native of Buffalo, New York, where she discovered her passion for singing at the tender age of just four years old and was vocally trained in jazz and classical. She honed her skills in New York City at various venues, including the Rainbow Room, the Supper Club, and the Soul Cafe. Her dynamic performances have earned her the honor of sharing the stage with some of the world's most gifted musicians, including the incomparable Stevie Wonder, Shaka Khan, and Najee. One of Angela's highest honors was being invited as a vocalist to perform at a gala tribute for Congressman Charles Rangel, hosted by President Bill Clinton, Robert De Niro, and Kevin Spacey. For years, she, along with Ramsey Lewis and Lou Rawls, hosted Jazz Central, a nightly program featuring performances and interviews with renowned jazz artists. We're just so honored to welcome this 
multifaceted talent to a measure of truth. Angela, thank you for joining us on A Measure of Truth. Michael, I'm so glad to be here. Wow, what a great introduction. Thank you. Well, I had a, a lot to work with. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. really nice. Very yeah. nice. You know, it's really, really interesting, and this is the part I love about this show. It's you meet people, and then you start to do a little digging, and there's so much good stuff. And I was just amazed at just how diverse your talent is and how many different things you've been able to do over the course of your career. Thank you. Yeah, I absolutely love it. I mean, I, you know, as you just said, I've been a performer since I was four years old. Maybe just a ham. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a ham. <laughs> wow. wow. Were your parents in the music industry? You know, surprisingly, not at all. I mean, my they're both creative people, and my mom, oh, my gosh, she sings beautifully. Oh, but, wow. you know, never professionally, and, you know, my parents would just sing around the house, and, of course, you know, we would chime in. <laughs> and uh, they've just always been supportive of us, just whatever it is we wanted to do. And uh, they figured out that, wow, she's, she's, she's a singer, you know, early on, and then mm-hmm. got me. About into how old training. were you when they really decided that they needed to do something to make sure that they captured this talent and put it to good use? You know, it's funny. When I was about four, I mean, I remember we had this. We didn't have a piano. We had a, an organ, which I hated, <laughs> just because I don't know. I just I didn't really understand it, but. You know, I'd listen to music just on the radio, and then I was able to kind of play by ear and, you know, just sing songs that were on the radio. And I guess they, they liked the way that I sang. And, um, you know, people would come over, and I'd be singing into a hairbrush, trying to entertain everybody, and they loved it. <laughs> and, um, you know, they started, uh, I started singing lessons very early. And, in fact, I'm glad I started out just learning classical um, just with classical training, because you can go with that or from there and do pretty much anything, just the basics. And especially with singing, because they teach you how to sing properly, just, um, I guess, placement, which is everything, using your body to sing as opposed to your chest and your, you know, putting the strain on your voice. And uh, so I'm just, I'm very grateful for the training and, and also, with all the training that I've had, I've never had an instructor who tried to make me into something else. They would figure out, okay, what is my style, and then develop that. Do you understand oh, what I mean? Wow. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people will say, okay, this is the way it's done, and then it's this you know, whole cookie-cutter thing where with my training, it wasn't that at all. It was, let me show you how to do it properly, but you know, do your thing, and let's just make that better. So when you really started singing, I mean, you were getting your training and all of that. About how old were you then when you really realized that you had uh, an amazing voice? (laughs) Well, (laughs) I had to throw that in. Say that I have an amazing voice, but thank you for saying that. You know, I think in school, in not until I got to high school, and you know, they'd always have these competitions, and I would win these singing contest, I'd always win the, the competition. And, you know, I don't know if it was because just the way my family is, I mean, you know, everyone's very humble. And so I would never, you know, just take that. It was never an ego thing. But it was at that point that I realized, okay, well, you know what, I guess maybe this is, this is my path. And I started um, just taking it really seriously and had a singing group and we would perform around 
the streets wow. of Buffalo, New York. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, uh, yeah, I've pretty much been singing all along. However, when it was time to figure out what I wanted to do, when it was time to go to college, I was always into fashion as well and decided, you know, well, maybe I should be a designer. And the way I process, I was thinking, you know, I'm going to be performing and I want my own line of clothing. Of course, you know, <laughs> when you're young and trying to figure out some right. grandiose ideas. And uh, so went to the Fashion Institute in Atlanta. But once I got out, I realized that really wasn't the dream and uh, ended up getting into broadcasting. Again, just listening to what other people kind of say, what maybe your strengths are. It's a little easier when you listen to what everyone else is saying. Sometimes it's easier for you to figure out, well, maybe that is what I'm kind of better at or leaning towards. And people would always talk about the, um, not necessarily the great quality, but they would say that your voice is different. You know, maybe you should do something with your voice, you know, singing or, you know, television, radio, something like that. And I, I followed that and uh, ended up in radio. Well, actually, I started out in television and then ended up in radio, wow. on air, in, in sales. <laughs> when yeah. I didn't have an opening on the air, I just uh, went, you know, I just figured, get my foot in the door and then I can do anything. Yeah, and, and, and that's pretty much your story. And I love this because... You seem to be a person who can make the most of your opportunities, and that's what the business in the entertainment industry is all about. You're presented with things and opportunities to move in a direction, but you have to get in there, bring your A game, and make it happen. So apparently yeah. you've done that quite often. Yeah. I mean, you know, thank you for saying that, but I I do have a lot of interest, and big picture, I'm interested in the mechanics of things, so I want to know the, the business part of it. I want to know about on-air production, but I also want to know what keeps this whole thing afloat. And if you don't have the dollars streaming in from the advertising department, you don't right. have a radio station or a television station. Mm -hmm. And so it worked out, you know, initially I, I only took the position in sales because that's all that was available. And um, once I got in there, I did very well. I had a great rapport with my clients, especially being a performer, I would come up with their advertising campaigns and do their, you know, actually be the voice and face of their campaigns. And so in a way it was kind of, uh, you know, the best of both worlds. So I ended up, you know, in sales quite, you know, for quite a while because the money was seductive. <laughs> it was hard <laughs> to give that, that up. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, but I, I did have aspirations to be a performer on the air, on radio, and on television. And as soon as that opportunity presented itself, I went for it. I was uh, working in, in radio, and uh, someone called me, actually, Jeff Newman was a producer, was Donnie Simpson's producer at BET, and said, hey, you know, Donnie takes the summers off, and uh, we're looking for someone to fill in for him, and we're holding, holding auditions. Why don't you come over? So I did. I auditioned, and they hired me on the spot. Wow. Which was just incredible. It <laughs> and, is. Uh, you know, from there they started a show, or they were thinking about this show, Screen Scene, which was, you know, like an Access Hollywood Entertainment Tonight kind of a format. And, um, you know, so Melvin Lindsay and I co-hosted that for years. Which and I watched that quite often. Fun. Did you thank you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That was yeah. such a great show. My yeah, goodness, it was. Um, a great platform for so many black actors, directors, producers, writers, 
you know, film, television, mm-hmm. theater, you know, oh, it was really an incredible thing. But And at know, the time, it was needed. very needed, and that's why I got a lot of attention needed. as well. Yeah, yeah and, exactly. Um, I think it's still needed, but... Absolutely. Yeah, I think the network, when they decided, they started skewing a lot younger and took a lot of the right. news-type programming off the air and just, you know, went mm-hmm. into another direction. Right. And, um, it's funny because I saw Bob Johnson the other day, and it was so great to see him because he is, I mean, you talk about a brilliant businessman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he is just incredible. And he was speaking at a luncheon, and I saw him right before he was going to speak, and he introduces me to everyone and says, yes. I made her a star. <laughs> and so he's just, uh, he's amazing. I mean, of course, he sold BET to Viacom and now has his own, you know, enterprises. He's doing some incredible things. But it was a great opportunity. And then um, after Screen Scene, I started hosting, as you mentioned, the Jazz Network, which was so much fun because that was another great platform for so many amazing jazz musicians who, you know, people knew of, but quite a few of the artists that we had on there, no one had ever heard of them. Right. You know, and that's, that's and, really awesome. And you know, this is the thing, too, about jazz artists. They don't get the same hype that a pop artist would. Oh jazz artists are, are disciplined. They're very well educated. They love their craft to the point where they're so focused. The marketing thing isn't really them, you know, getting out there. You're absolutely right. But their music, they live and drink um, Yeah. The the listener, it's the same psychographic with the listener of jazz as well. I mean, very upscale, upmarket, highly educated, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the type of listener who spends a lot of money on their lifestyle, so it's an advertiser's dream. However, I think the the numbers aren't there. You've got the psychographics, but you just don't have the numbers, you know. So mm. the demographics that the advertisers want, we don't have the numbers that they need to really justify it. So unfortunately, you know, it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. They wow. uh, ended up getting rid of the Jazz Network, which is so sad. But, you know, like yeah. you said, I mean, there's so, so many highly talented, highly educated, highly lauded jazz musicians who, you know, they definitely deserve that shot. And they don't get the kind of attention or marketing that the pop artists get. It's, you know, that's a wonderful point that you make. And in fact, you know, as you know, I perform all over the world. And, you know, lately I've been spending more time out of the country performing than in this country. And yeah. it's so funny because oftentimes when I'd interview these artists, you know, and I'd talk about the differences between performing abroad and performing here, and they'd always say the same thing. When you go overseas, they love you. It doesn't matter what your latest uh, song was, you know, what your what your hits are. As long as you're bringing it, as long as you are, you know, a quality artist, they love it, and they will support you. Whereas, unfortunately, here, the way it has been anyway with the record labels, they they support very young artists and uh, mostly pop. You know, if you're older than 25, chances are you don't have that machine working behind you, making sure that you're, you know, front and center. Right. So it's unfortunate. Right. 
And it's amazing. Um, so you've got audiences, and, and I'm looking here at all the places you've played around the world, China, France, Holland, India, Italy, Korea, Malaysia, Singapore, South Africa, Thailand, yeah. Japan. Yeah. Did I leave any out? Yes, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> My yeah, goodness. there's so many, It's and it's so it's such a blessing. I love it so much. I mean, just, um, you know, even the educational part of it, just when you, I remember the first time I went to Asia, and it was, I was living in Manhattan, and my saxophonist, I have a, a band in New York, and I have a band in Washington, D.C., too, but um, my saxophonist came to me and said, hey, would you be interested in going to Asia? I said, sure, <laughs> and uh, apparently he had some connection with Hennessy, you know, the, the cognac, Yeah. and uh, he presented some other singers, and they didn't particularly like the singers that he presented, and he said, you know, I'd like to send your CD or send them to your, your website, and if you're interested, you know, maybe we can just do this, and it was just one week, and I said, sure, do it, so okay, I get this call back. His name is Brooks Giles, and, you know, Brooks said, yeah, they want, it. They want to hire you. So this was to Myanmar, and there's, you know, I had never, I had never been to Asia, but I did hear about Myanmar and all the political unrest. In fact, there's always oh. political unrest in Myanmar. Wow. So, you know, I was ready to go, but I, you know, talked to my family. They're saying, uh, you might want to think about this one. But, you know, for me, I just figured, you know, if there's a political issue, I don't think anyone's looking for me, so what the heck. And, um... Uh, so I said yes, and we went to Myanmar for one week, and it was during Chinese New Year, and Hennessy, oh my goodness, if I drank alcohol, that's what I would drink, <laughs> just because <laughs> they know how to do it. Oh my goodness, Michael, they rented the Orient Express ship, which I didn't even know there, there oh, was a ship, really? hmm. and it, they just, you know, totally remodeled the thing just for the one week that they were having their, their event. And the event was, during Chinese New Year, they brought a different Asian uh, country on the ship every night. So one night, you know, we've got, you know, maybe Hong Kong. You know, the next night we've got, you know, Korea. And, you know, each night they would have all of the, I guess, the heads of these... Um, Hennessy distributors, you know, because it was basically a platform to, to schmooze, for lack of a better term, you know, their, their clients. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful because it was so high-styled and there's such a high-quality organization. And um, my job was to just, you know, sing with the band on top of the ship. And Chinese New Year always falls, you know, there's always a full moon. So here we are on the top of this ship, and in Myanmar, it's just uh, it's beautiful where they have all of these temples and pagodas. And the pagodas, it's a temple, but it's basically a temple that you can't enter. It's just, the building is the, the sacred monument. I see. You know, and they'll have like, these golden, um, you know, steeples just all over the place. You see these temples everywhere. So it's the full moon and the clear skies and the stars are bright and I'm, you know, singing my little heart out. And then for the Chinese New Year, they would have all of these uh, candles that they float down the river. Yeah. And whatever year it is, you know, it would be that amount of candles. So that's a lot of candles to be. Wow. Seen. 
down the river. <laughs> but what a, if you can, and then they have them in some kind of rice paper that floats up to the sky. I didn't know any of this was going oh. on, and I'm in wow. the singing one of my songs, a ballad, and I open my eyes, and I see these candles floating up. It was storybooks so beautiful. Wow. Really, really beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm creating the picture here. But oh, are you I'm kidding? Trying. I have a vivid imagination. Can wow. Can you see I, it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> really gorgeous, really. And just, mm-hmm. um, you know, just visiting the villages in Myanmar, and you see just how beautiful the people are and how simply they live. You know, they grow their own food, and, you know, they're living in these villages. There were just a few televisions in the entire place and um, you know hardly anyone had a computer but you know honestly when I first went into the first village you know they led us into their their very humble home I was a little sad because I had never seen anyone living quite like that you know where they'd have a like a straw mat with the mattress Mm. And um, just very simple. And at first, you know, I kind of felt bad, but then I had to put myself in check because they weren't feeling bad. They don't need television. They didn't need the Internet. They were living off of the land, and, you know, this is what they knew. And so they were content. So that was that was a beautiful, humbling experience. Really beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. And, you know, one of the things that um, I did want to talk with you about, because you sort of mentioned it when you, you gave that beautiful description of the um, the candles and, you know, your, you know, experience there. Yeah. And, you know, the the way you described it, and you have to use your imagination to envision it, That that's one of the things I love so much about radio is introspective. It helps people to, just like reading a good book, you have to really go inside of yourself, and you're participating actually with what you're hearing as well because you're adding in your own flavor from your own imagination. And um, even your thoughts, if it's something controversial in your own opinion, you're, you're constantly um, refocusing inward and listening as well. And, uh, but you've done both. So tell us the difference about um, the, the audience of the, the radio listener as well as the audience of someone who's viewing a television show. Michael, you, I could not agree with you more. You, you hit it right there. I mean, with radio, as a listener and as a you know on-air personality, you're right. I mean, you can create whatever mood you want, and as an effective communicator, you you accomplish that because you want to. You know, when someone's listening to me on the radio or on the internet, like in this case, I'm I'm trying to take you someplace. That's what I feel my job is, you know, as an actor or, you know, an on-air radio personality. I want you to just forget about your troubles for this hour or two or three or four, whatever amount I'm given. I want you to just trust me with that, and I want to take you on a journey. I want you to just really open up your mind and just let your imagination go wherever it can go. And with radio, I think that's the, the beauty of it. You have that creativity. And uh, television is completely different. I mean, I love that medium as well, but it's different. I mean, it's visual. You have to stop what you're doing in order to sit or stand in front of the television in order to get it. Whereas in radio or, you know, listening, if it's on the Internet, it's not intrusive. You can right. do whatever you need to be doing mm-hmm. and still have it on and still be totally engrossed 
you know, in what's going on in the, the radio or, or Internet radio show. So I love mm. that. I love that about, about radio more than anything, just that, that creativity. With television, I love that too, just because, you know, I mentioned earlier, I might be a little bit of a ham. <laughs> just a little. Just a little, huh? <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> and, you know, with television, it kind of, it, it um, you know, of course, I mean, it's, you know, you're, you're trying to take someone there on another adventure as well. But it's the visual, it's very much a visual medium. It's all visual. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I feel as a performer, I don't have as much creative control, especially, you know, a show like, uh, you know, right now I'm doing a show, a local show on ABC, actually their cable channel, News Channel 8, and it's uh, Let's Talk Live, which is a lifestyle format, you know, and I'm there interviewing uh, different people. So it's great, you know, but it's it's uh, scripted. This isn't oh, yeah. my these aren't my ideas. It's a scripted thing that's a part of a show that, you know, it, and that's what that is, which is, it's fine, but it's just a completely different medium. And tell us about your new show, the new radio show that you've got coming up on WHUR World. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for asking me about that. Oh, I was yeah. so excited because, you know, when it comes to the whole Internet radio thing that's the that's the wave of the future in fact i was just uh sitting down with the general manager of whur jim watkins today and you know he is such a visionary and he was one of the actually he's the first i know of who's really gotten on the bandwagon with of radio stations you know with the internet radio and whur world you know can be heard everywhere whatever wherever you have a computer and i'm going to be hosting a jazz show no stretch there. <laughs> I'm a jazz singer and a jazz that's awesome. lover. That's, that's, that's your thing. <laughs> yeah, it's my thing. And it's, uh, so the show yeah. is called Straight Ahead with Angela Stribling. So it's Straight, Straight Ahead. Ahead Jazz, which is the jazz I love. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, my goodness, I love it mm. so much. So I'll, you know, I get to play all the music I like. If you hear it on there, uh, hand-picked, and that's what's taking so long. You know, I unfortunately don't have a start date for you yet. It's going to be coming soon. But what I've been doing together with, uh, I don't know if you know Joe Gorham, but he used to be on WHUR for years. Oh, yeah, yeah. And now, you know Joe? Well, I remember the name, yeah. I'm one of those yeah, first, he's been I mean, around. I've only been in radio for two and a half years, but this is something I've always wanted to do since Petey Green. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm Venus, Speaking so. of Petey Green, oh, yes. my goodness. Did, did yeah. you see that movie, Talk to Me? Oh, yes. Okay, one of my well, favorites. He, and so that movie was about the life of Petey Green and Dewey Hughes. Yes. And Dewey Hughes, who was the you know the radio station owner, mm-hmm. um, he's a very good friend of mine. And really? Yeah, Dewey is doing great things, living out in L.A. And oh. you know, I think they're going to be doing some some other things. You know, like talk to me. So. Oh. Yeah, that's that's pretty exciting. So I'm going to be is. looking out looking out for that. Yeah, so, but when my radio show starts, Straight Ahead with Angela Stribling, it's, uh, I know they've got these, um, I guess an icon that you can, or apps, rather. Mm, you can listen to yeah. WHUR World on your iPhone or, you know, just on your on your laptop or however. And can and, people uh, do that now? Before the show? Yes, I mean, they oh, yeah, the, absolutely. WHUR? Okay. You can either punch in WHURworld.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then just hit listen live and listen 24 hours. 
Oh, awesome. Do you hear that, Anna Risha? I have to send a message out to my listeners in Fiji. I have my favorite fan who listens religiously every week to both shows. Oh, that's (laughs) beautiful. Yeah, but when she's listening to the show, I believe it's early morning there in Fiji. um, Oh, okay. I hear that is a beautiful part of the world. I haven't been there yet. Really? Yeah. Have you been there? No, but um, I've seen pictures, and it is Mm. paradise. Mm. It is just amazing. Uh, the beaches and the, the oh, just every place you look is just amazing. I mean, oh man, it's, yeah, that's it's like awesome. if you live there, you couldn't vacation anywhere. It's that kind of place. right. <laughs> Stay home. <laughs> oh, I go. love it. Oh, that's Perfect. nice that you've got listeners over there. That's fantastic. Yeah. And um, you'll have listeners all over the world very soon as well with this um, internet-based radio, WHUR yeah. World. Wow, that's yes. awesome. Yes. <laughs> and you know, is is it? Can I send people to my website? Oh, absolutely. Or should I wait until the end, or how should we? No, no, no. They can go right now. Yeah, I just if anyone you know when they're listening, if they're interested in what I'm doing, I should, you know, warn you. I'm not that good about updating it as much as I should. <laughs> I'm going to be better. <laughs> but you know, just to just to kind of follow up on what we're talking about here today, it's www.angelastribbling.com. And uh, I think it's pretty easy to just kind of click around there and you can, you know, you can listen to my CD, which is live at the Blue Note in New York City. And uh, we were actually working on new music. I've been promising that it's going to be ready, but I'm I'm such a perfectionist. I've been such a bad girl. It's been taking forever. (laughs) Oh, wow, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. CD that uh, this music, I love it, and I recorded the CD in Tokyo, and it's called Tokyo Sundays. So we're still, you know, putting some of the finishing touches on it, but it's it's going to be released sooner than later, and uh, hopefully I can tell you about that as we get a little bit closer to that. Oh yeah, and uh, we'd love to have you back on too on the music show that we have called Turn It Up, where I feature. Oh, I'm ready. Artists. Let's turn it up. Oh, yeah, I love it. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you remember, I actually mentioned that the day I met you, um, at the, um, I think it was the Miss Black USA pageant. And oh, yeah. Yeah, that's when you first told me that you, as well, were an independent artist, and I said, no way, come on, because I knew, of course, of your um, BET experience in the radio and all of that, and I'm like, come on, that's way too much talent for one person. Uh-oh. I think we may have lost her. <laughs> well, um, we'll we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. And I, I think we've lost our connection with Angela, but she should be right back with us shortly, right after this. There once was a woman who lived in a shoe. She had so many children, she didn't know. Well, I think you know where this is headed. And trust me, this is no nursery rhyme. The blogs are burning up the Internet with people who are fired up about the untemplet mom. Everything from personal attacks, ethical arguments, to medical malpractice accusations. This story has single-handedly sparked a national debate on ethics and fertility. When Nadia Denise Suleiman gave birth to a set of octuplets in January. During an NBC interview with Ann Curry on February 5th, Nadia Suleiman said that she does spend about 45 minutes with each infant every day. 
I grabbed my calculator, and let's see, 45 minutes with each infant would take six hours. Whoa, but she's got six other kids. And if you give them 45 minutes too, that's 10 hours and 30 minutes to spend 45 minutes of individual time with your children. Just sticking with the octopus and doing some guesstimating and minutes on tasks like diaper changing, bathing, and feeding and the like, and multiplying the results times eight. And it won't take you very long before you run out of hours in the day. And that's just with the infant's needs met. And even with the nanny, the grandparents, and Nadia taking care of the babies. The reality of the situation is overwhelming. Nadia has quickly become the woman that everyone loves to hate. So why are people so angry? Even if she had just one kid, or let's say two, she's not financially able to take care of the six kids that she already has. And anyone who has a child can't fathom taking care of eight infants at one time. We all have either experienced or have heard the stories of lack of sleep from the 2 a.m. feedings and sporadic diaper changes, but it's more than just that. Let's look down the road a bit. I love kids more than most, but can you imagine a day with eight two-year-olds? Even the first set of octuplets born in the United States back in December of 1998 in Houston, Texas, to mom Nakim and dad Ike Lewis, well, with them it was normal to be sympathetic. They had no children at the time, and it's far easier to believe that this was just a modern-day miracle. The more we hear Nadia's story, the more we want to believe that she was somehow in control of all of the factors that led to this multiple birth and that the end result was somehow calculated and intended as well as irresponsible. Well, I just can't buy into this idea that she had this all figured out. Have we forgotten that women die giving birth every day and even in the most favorable circumstances? Some even want to exclusively blame the doctor as if he had somehow used her in some sick experiment to see how many babies a woman could carry to live birth. I asked a co-worker what she thought, and she was upset that on her website, even though the website is titled The Nadia Sulman Family, there are no pictures of her other kids. Hey, they need help too. The outrage over this story has escalated and does not seem to be losing any ground. Some even say that she should have her children taken from her as an unfit parent. Well, hold on now. Most of us have quite a bit of distance between us and the real story to have such a strong opinion. Regardless of what is determined as far as Nadia being capable mentally or financially to care for these children, I want these kids to stay together. These brothers and sisters deserve to bond, grow up together, and become a family. Generally, when multiple births occur in large numbers, I'm not really sure what the threshold is, but companies that sell products for feeding, bathing, changing, and clothing, like child safety and etc., would donate and sponsor the children for a given period of time to help out, and not just out of goodwill, but for marketing purposes also. But this story has received so much bad press that no one wants to be associated with Nadia or the babies. The clock is ticking, and the truth is, they're running out of time. Here's the really sad part. 
even if you think that the mother is at fault, it's the kids and the grandparents that will suffer as well. And they're not accused of doing anything wrong, questionable, or unethical. Well, I hope you can at least find it in your heart to pray for the kids. Here are the names and ages of the innocent children. Their seven-year-old son, Elijah, six-year-old daughter, Amara, five-year-old son, Joshua, three-year-old son, Aiden, two-year-old daughter, Calissa, and two-year-old son, Caleb, who are twins, and the octuplets, Noah, Malia, Isaiah, Neriah, Micaiah, Josiah, Jeremiah, and Jonah. All have the name Angel as a middle name and Solomon as the last name. Every day I hear something that makes this story sound even more outrageous. But let's try to forget about the mother for a minute and get back to the real story, which is a family in need of help on so many different levels, but can't seem to get it. Not because the companies are strapped because of hard economic woes, but because they don't want to look bad in the public eye. Now who's the guilty one? Hey, a lot of this is just my opinion, but the facts are clear and simple. You may not agree with my point of view, but it is what it is. Whether you agree somewhat or wholeheartedly or not at all, let's hope that the next time you hear this story, it will be fashioned with far less hype, less hate, and for the sake of the children, at least a measure of truth. Mm. Welcome back, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham, and we're talking with Angela Stribling. Welcome back, Hi. Angela. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, great. I picked such a long break there. Hello, you still there, right? Uh-oh. It looks like you're still online, Angela. I just can't hear you. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, while we're waiting for Angela to call back in, let me explain why I played the clip. Um, Nadia Suleiman is actually um, about to go on welfare and could possibly lose her house. And this is a clip from when the, fir the story first broke when um, we first learned about um, Nadia being pregnant with her babies. And um, this is just a follow-up to some of the um, commentary that I had done in the past, and since the story had come back up in the news again, I just wanted to play my position, which I posted also on Facebook today, but it just didn't come through. I believe we've got you back. Angela, you there? I don't know what is going on with my phone. <laughs> I'm sure it's mine. I love this iPhone, but sometimes yeah. it's not very reliable. Sorry it's about that. Is it the Pardon new me? one? Is it the new no, one? No, that's the problem. Okay. I need to go out and get the new one. Well, <laughs> you know, they the say about that uh, death grip thing, so, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? I think I'm just going to buy myself a birthday present. There you <laughs> new go. New iPhone. Really? Really? Birthday coming up yeah. soon? Yeah, that was my not-so-subtle hint. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> shameless. Totally shameless. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's not until next month, the 13th of October. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, when's yours? Uh, May 12th. Okay. Oh, that was my grandfather's birthday. You're a good guy, Michael. Oh, thank you. And so were you, Angela, really. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I was so happy. You know, really, when, I, when I've when i seen 
folks on television or, you know, personalities, and you always wonder what they would be like when you meet them in person. And I was just really pleased. You know, I talked with you for a little while that night, and I just wanted to walk away and say, wow, she was really nice. Oh, that's that was, really, thank you for saying yeah. that. And you're right. I mean, especially in our industry, I mean, sometimes the egos get a little bit out of whack. You yeah. know, and then you walk away and you say, wow, I wish I had never met that person. <laughs> you know, because it's better in your imagination sometimes. It's exactly. better to kind of <laughs> just keep them on that however you thought they were before you before you meet them. So right. thankfully right. you're not like that either. No, no. You're a good I, guy. Even though I got real nervous before I approached you, I said, wow, there she is. Angela Stripling. I said to myself, don't be a fan, Mike. Come on, man. Don't be a fan. Either way, it's all good. I'm glad you said something. And I'm really happy you invited me on your show. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah. It's funny. Just uh, I'm so accustomed to being on the other side of the microphone. It feels yeah. kind of weird being interviewed. Wow. Yeah. I, I meant to ask you about that. And um when you interviewed folks, generally speaking, like on, on the jazz show, were you free to just ask them any questions, or was it all scripted as well? You know, a combination. Sometimes okay. it would be so last minute that, you know, and thankfully I'm a jazz fan. I'm such a big jazz lover that I know a lot about jazz and I know a lot about the artists. So sometimes if we're doing and it's uh, kind of on the fly. It's just, you know what, let's just get something, whatever we can get, let's just go for it. And it would just be conversation, which is great. I think sometimes that makes for the best interviews. Oh, if yeah. you ask from a, you know, if you are a jazz lover or whatever the case, whatever the person is doing, if you happen to really know about their industry and about them, they appreciate it because you're not just, you know, blindly asking just, you know, some generic questions you're asking meaningful questions that chances are other fans would want to know yeah yeah and you know often i'm sent you know canned questions and i always ignore them (laughs) i like it It wasn't a question i was going to ask anyway you know it's not going to happen but but i do let people know that this will be and i didn't have to give you the um, pre-game talk (laughs) which i appreciate but generally i tell folks that this will probably be the easiest interview you will ever do because i'm not trying to trip you up or trick you up or anything like that what i'm trying to do is get to know you and allow my listeners to experience that whole process you know you know what michael mission accomplished because that's what it feels like i mean this is just it sounds like you and I are just having a, a conversation, two friends just talking, and uh, there just happens to be your millions of listeners just kind of listening in. <laughs> so, I got millions know, of listeners? Wow. You've got millions. you got millions, darling. <laughs> All the way to Fiji. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Most well, definitely. That, that I mean, but, you know, there. what I'm trying to say is you make it very easy. Very oh, easy. So thank, thank you. you. I mean that that's a that's a big part of it right there. Yeah, and and again, I'm so new in the business that um, you know, I expect to hear from me again soon, so that um, you can maybe help me along with you know just some questions I have too, because you know one thing I've learned about this industry, and I think that's something that you've done very well at as well. This re- this industry is about relationships, so yeah, important. It is about relationships, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it's people. It's all people. And, right. you know, say you're working at a television station, there are people running the station. And, mm. you 
you know, I mean, it's easy to kind of get caught up in the hype, especially if you're on television every day. And, you know, fans will, they kind of look at you differently. You're kind of a part of their their everyday world because they get to see you on TV every day. And that's really a beautiful thing. It's It's a great, it's a privilege to be, you know, to be on air. So I don't see any reason to let something like that go to your head and start treating people poorly because of that. To right. me, I've never, I've never quite understood that. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm glad about that because, you know, I just have a lot of respect for a lot of the people in the industry who have given me just amazing opportunities. And I feel that, you know, once you give me the ball, it's my job to just do, to maximize it. I'm going to maximize my opportunities because I have great lofty goals. I always have it. And a lot of great people who really helped. Uh-oh, I think we might be losing you again. Hang in there. <laughs> uh, I still see you online, so we'll just wait until your voice comes back. Oh, I'm back, I'm back. Okay, this great. Going tomorrow to get a better phone. This is not good. <laughs> I apologize. Here you've no, got this right. first-rate show, and I've got a second-rate phone. <laughs> it's not good. Oh, trust me, you've blessed this show like you would not believe. I'm just very, very happy to have you on, and um, it's been one of the easiest shows I've ever done. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. Well, you're a lot of fun. You're very good at what you do, Michael. So, you know, you said you're a newbie, you're a baby in the business, but I I just hope you just keep doing what you're doing for a long time. Yeah. And you've got your other your other show. Tell me about uh, I'm new to your shows. So, tell me about when these are available. Like after we do this today, I know this is live, but you know, can people still Yeah, it, it takes about it takes about 4 or 5 minutes and then you just click on the link again and it plays through. And if you wanted to just um, take it with you, you can download it on iTunes, and um, you can just Google um, A Measure of Truth and uh, Angela Stribling, and guess what? It will probably come up on the first page. Oh, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. As soon as I get off the phone, I'm Googling. Oh, you said four to five minutes already. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but um, done. I think it's the shows that were uh, add some music where it may take a little bit longer, but I believe the um, shows is just talk and audio. Um, they go pretty quickly. And um, Blog Talk Radio has this down to a science. I mean, and the connectivity to Facebook and also to other um, media, to Twitter and all of that, it's just amazing how they put all this together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm uh... – you know, as I said before, I'm I'm not always so great about updating my my website. I'm I'm trying to get better, and the same is with Facebook. It's such a good tool. I mean, when I am on there, it's the best way to kind of get information and and um, give out information when people, you know, want to know what I'm doing lately. Using the social media is perfect. So I'll probably post this on my Facebook page. Oh, awesome. Yeah, we'll put a player on there as well, and I'll post a show right after the show. Um, you know, I found that Facebook was so effective that I actually gave up my website. So, people, if you go to amazeartruth.com, I'm sorry. I, I just don't use it anymore. I haven't really had any use, and no one's commented on it. So I just pretty much use my Facebook for everything. 
they've been coming to your face. But, you know, yeah. I think you're right, though. I mean, for me, being a musician, it's great to, you know, just just in case they're not on Facebook, they can listen to my tunes, and then if they decide to buy it, they can just, you know, navigate through my website and just actually buy my CD, which is available through CD Baby. Awesome. However, sometimes it's easier if they go to my website to just get to CD, CD Baby mm-hmm. from there, you know. What about Reverb Nation? Are you using that? No, but maybe I should. I don't know about Reverb Nation. Yeah, a lot of the artists that I've had on the um, the Friday show, Turn It Up, have been using that. And somehow it is connected to Facebook. So oh. what, what it allows is um, there's a widget that you can import onto your page, and it actually plays your music, streams it. And you can set it up oh. to either play, I uh, believe, the full track, or you can set it up to just give a um you know a sample of it on your facebook page yeah it's a very versatile so wait so as soon as someone clicks my goes to my page does the music start um i I don't know i don't know i believe (laughs) you have control of that but see what they have is a player and all the tracks are listed so you'll give the title and description of each of the tracks and then people can actually just click on it and listen right there streaming oh Love it. Yeah, and it starts nice. up immediately. You don't have to wait for it, which I think is just, you know. Yeah, that is great. Here, I'm trying to take it to a, a different level. <laughs> I want, when you uh, click on my name, my music starts playing. <laughs> right. There you go. That would be him. <laughs> that would be him, too. But I guess this yeah. is just one step short of that. It's not bad. Are you a fan of, um, um, what is it called? Pandora Radio. Oh, my goodness. I have so many different radio stations on Pandora. <laughs> oh, my now, goodness. And then when I'm uh, exercising, you know, I, I talk about how much I'm such a jazz fan. I am such a hip-hop fan. I've got, like, Ludacris Radio, <laughs> <laughs> Little Wayne. Right. <laughs> Sometimes the jazz is just not cutting it when I'm on the treadmill. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. But yeah. I do. I love Pandora Radio. I love that. And yeah. it's free. Yeah. yeah, it's free. But it's it's limited if you are not a member or whatever. Is, you can run out of time. And I've done that a few times just recently. I didn't know it. Yeah. But, um, Wait, it's after they play all the songs that are on that particular track, then it stops, you mean? No, you have a, a limited amount of hours that you can listen um, during the month. Really? Or it's during the week or something like that. I don't know how it works, but I ran out once, and I was like, what happened? So then what do you do? You have to start paying? <laughs> I think that you can pay, or either that you just wait it out and wait until the next month. And this was like two days before the month ended, so uh, oh, I'm not really sure. But, uh, yeah, oh, my goodness. Yeah, neither did I, but that's how much I'd listened that month. Yeah, ago. you were a yeah. big Pandora fan. <laughs> Right, and and I love yeah. the way that you just put in, you know, an artist that you like or a genre of music Whoever that you, you like. like. Yeah, that and fantastic. And it creates your own radio playlist, and as it goes along, you give the thumbs up or the thumbs down, and next thing you right. know, it gets better and better. It's yeah, it is amazing. So, have yeah. you actually tried to put in your name to see what it would pull in? Oh, I should try that. I don't know if it's even – I don't think I'm connected there yet because I'm really just uh, getting on iTunes. And so I think they might select it from there, I'm thinking. But you know what? What the heck? I'm just going to try and see what happens. I mean, it it wasn't long ago that I actually Googled my name. 
and realized, <laughs> my gosh, Are it blew me away. That? In fact, it was my sister who Googled me and said, she, she just started crying. Oh, my. <laughs> she said, wow, I didn't know you did all this. Yes. Said, what are you talking about? She goes, Google your name. I mean, they put stuff on there. That movie I was in with Eddie Murphy is yeah. all over the place. And, <laughs> you know, just whenever I do any television, oh, right. I just, uh, you know, different people will post it on even YouTube. Yeah. Even uh, yeah. put myself in the search. <laughs> it's funny. You never know what's out there. Yeah. On the I, internet. <laughs> as a matter of fact, you have your own wiki. I do? Yeah. Yeah. Wikipedia has a page for you. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm like, wow. I need to check that, need to check that out. Make sure they got the facts straight. <laughs> there you go. You want to make sure that that's all correct. <laughs> that's nice, though. I love that. I love it. Yeah. You know, just as I'm on my path, it's nice that somebody's just chronicling things. That's nice. Yeah, you know what? This is another thing that I think is amazing about Facebook. Facebook, um, it, it creates a social time capsule every day. Yeah, you know, that's absolutely one day, right. Yeah, down the road, when people are looking at the history of our civilization, they're going to be looking at <laughs> the journals of real people, everyday life. Yeah. You know what I mean? It really is genius. I mean, the guy who is, you know, who created Facebook, the young, young kid, what a genius idea. Yeah, yeah. What a it, genius idea. And, you know, when he – I think it was um, – was it 2020? He was on one of those shows, and they were interviewing him. And then I stopped to think about so many people who have these ideas that they just kind of let die, or they figure, ah, you know, this would be a good invention, but, you know, I don't know what to do in order to make this thing happen. Following through on just an idea could make you billions of dollars. Absolutely. You know, I, I applaud anyone who thinks outside of the box and then figures out how to make that, that dream a reality. Like this, mm. this kid who came up with the idea for Facebook. It's genius. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And, um, you know, another ingenious thing that um, just it's a, a high-tech thing, but I don't know if you've ever heard of flash mobs. No, I haven't. Yeah, flash well, mobs. Yeah. Like M-O-B-S. Yes. Now, this is where people um, watch YouTube, right? <laughs> this is really crazy. And they learn a dance routine. And then through Twitter, they show up at a public place. Someone will have music. And as soon as people hear the music, they just all of a sudden do the routine. And you don't know that all these people around you are participating until the music starts. And it just happens. Oh, that would freak me out. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. So if you wait, Google wait, wait. that, okay, so these, <laughs> you Google these that people. on YouTube and take a look at it and watch some of these things occur, you will just, it will have you on the floor laughing. You just can't believe it. Some of the stuff that I see on YouTube is unbelievable, but it cracks me up. Absolutely. Oh, I have to, I have to check that out. Flash mobs. <laughs> that is funny. I need to have a party and invite them. There you go. <laughs> Seek out my friends. <laughs> you could just have a party. They just that make would their be crazy. <laughs> That's funny. Or maybe I'll become a member. There you go. It's no, a very simple I'm thing to do. Kidding. It starts with an email. <laughs> yeah. I don't 
think you're going to be seeing me doing the flash mob, yeah. but I, I've <laughs> yeah, been trying funny. to catch great. video or photos of one, and um, there was one, but it was uh, I was downtown and we were heading another direction, and I tried to talk my wife into it, but she wouldn't go along with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know you it's hard. Go, to, okay, honey. <laughs> it's kind of hard to describe something like that in a in a way that would make people just want to to witness it for themselves when you realize. Yeah. You're a crowd of people all of a sudden doing things that you weren't planning on, you know? <laughs> I love it, though. I yeah. absolutely love that idea. I yeah. have some friends, just some really, I don't want to call them crazy, <laughs> but they're very entertaining, who would love stuff like that. <laughs> they would they would definitely organize something like that, just to freak Uh-oh. us all out. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to tell folks about the flash mob. I like it. I like that. Wow, Michael, this is, we've been talking for an hour, and it seems like it's just been 10 minutes. <laughs> Why am I just now knowing about your show? I'm a fan now. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah. And I'm really happy, and I would love for you to come on our Turn It Up show and hang out with the guys who are just independent artists who are really just trying to figure it all out. You know, they're they're marketing themselves, they're producing okay. their own music. Some have studios, some are still just a computer, and um, we just, you know, trade ideas and and pretty much um, try to get these guys to work together and produce um, really good quality work. So on on that show, it's uh, how many people? It's like a forum of different people, or yeah, generally one-on-one? We'll bring on rappers, and I have a co-host. I have two co-hosts, Aleph Gurma, he goes by Amrig, and also the Leo, who actually did the intro for my show. And, oh, um, nice. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. And um, we, we pretty much just have a roundtable, and we talk to various um, artists. Um, coming up, too, we're very excited because we've had such a hard time getting women on the show. But um, Judith Hill, the young lady who <laughs> sang that amazing duet with Michael Jackson and This Is It, is going to be oh, on Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Oh, so that's her name, Judith Hill. Yeah. Oh, she was incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's nice. And I've been oh, a fan yeah, of would, her ever since, so I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, she was, she was yeah. very good in that movie. Yeah. When, yeah. When, Girl uh, could sing. Absolutely. I mean, she's got an incredible background as well. Both of her parents were in the industry. Um, her dad was in a funk band back in the 70s, and her mom... Oh singer as well she's from japan so you know just a a very very interesting story all the way around so we're looking forward to that it looks like she's uh she's uh japanese and black exactly right yeah beautiful beautiful yeah yeah all right (laughs) help me in (laughs) i'm all over it awesome and then play some of my music in there Oh, yeah, yeah. When we do a show, it's going to be all about Angela. Trust me. Oh, I that's, love that's it. Look forward oh, that's to it. Nice. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to talking to your guys, too. Yeah, yeah. 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 And they would love that as well. You know, but we're we're just about out of time. It's time to close the show. But, Angela, thank you very much. It's really been a pleasure and an honor to spend this time with you on the show. And um, we look forward to um, doing this again real soon. Thanks for making it so much fun, and thanks for inviting me. I loved every minute of it. Oh, thank you very much, Angela. Well, you've and been listening. And thanks for forgiving too. me with the phone. <laughs> oh, that's no problem. <laughs> no problem at all. Well, I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. 
Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. And watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you. Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.